Well, Victory Midtown, it is absolutely wonderful to be with you today. I want to say hello to everyone in the room right now, everyone watching online and worshiping with us, everyone in all the overflow rooms. Can we put our hands together one more time and thank God for the opportunity to be here? Come on, I said thank God. I didn't say thank me or LeBron or Lamar Jackson or all those people. We thank God. We thank God. Well, I don't know about you, but if you saw and you've been tracking with me and following me uh, on my social, I just shared this week that I have an expectation. I have an expectation that this is not just your normal, uh, regular, regular Sunday, that we've come in here today with an expectation, understanding that God is sovereign. And as we've completed our 21-day corporate fast, even on yesterday, that I don't know about you, many of us have entered into a new dimension with God. I hear some people who participated. And so what we're doing is that as we finished the fast yesterday, yes, we have our services today, but we have an incredible time planned later this evening at 6 p.m. called Thirst. If you've never been there before, I'll talk a little bit about it today, but that is a time where we really come and just go recklessly after God where I believe that this will be an opportunity for people to get healed, where people will be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, where people will come into community and where we will have a true encounter with God. Is anybody excited about that tonight? I'm excited about it. And so as we walk today, we're actually jumping into week four of our series called Scent. And what we're doing through this series, we're dealing with the real purpose of church. And when I say the real purpose of church, I'm not just talking about a church building. I'm not just talking about a tabernacle made with hands. I'm talking about us, the people of God, which we've talked about already, that church is not an individual. Church is not a building. And a lot of times, we don't necessarily know why we come to church, but what we've established early in this series is that it's important for us to come to church because we come to church to worship so that we can scatter to witness. And so in this, what we're doing is we're taking another step today, and we're going through the book of Acts because we've said over and over and over again that Acts is about that action. And we need to be a people who are not just sitting by being bystanders as the world goes to hell in a handbasket, but we need to be people who are about that action. Do I have a witness in the room? And so as we go through this, today is special. Today is a very important day in the life of our campus, our church, Victory Church at large, and in everybody's life that is hearing me in this moment. Why? Because I've been praying for you. It's not just because I've been praying for you that that's why it's important. I've taken some time this week. I've had an encounter with God that I've been ready to preach since Tuesday. Not because of I want to give a good message, but because I believe some change is going to happen. And so I was here on Thursday morning just by myself, letting you into my world a little bit. I was here Thursday morning before anybody got here. Uh, the sanctuary was dark and no one was here on campus. And I had the most incredible encounter and worship and prayer time with the Lord all by myself in this big dark room. And in that moment, the Lord just prompted me while I was in tears worshiping him, thanking him for who he is, for his grace, for his mercy, for how he has been intimate with me and I can be intimate with him. He prompted me and said, Mo, I need you to go around this entire building, not just in this sanctuary, but in every square foot of this building. I need you to touch and pray and anoint every single chair, every single space, every single musician area in this entire property. And I was obedient. It took a while, but I was obedient. 
But in that, what the Lord was just kind of nudging me in was that the reason I'm having you do that is not because I just want you to take, some, take up some time. It's because I want when people come on the property this weekend for them to be arrested by my spirit. So as I'm looking at you even now, I'm reminded of when I prayed for you on Thursday, I was stopping at seats and said, God, whoever is assigned to this seat right here, let them have an encounter that they will never be the same again. So whether you knew it or not, you've been set up today. You've been set up by the Holy Spirit. And I believe we're going to see God show up in our lives today and make an indelible mark in our lives. Does anybody want that in this place today? So here's the thing. If we can embrace this message, your life and, your, and anybody connected to you, they're going to be different because God wants to shift us. And so today is one of those days. For some of y'all, I don't have to give you permission. Some of y'all need to say, be quiet a little bit. But others of you, I want to give you permission to say amen today amen. because there's going to be some moments in the service that, as I said, even at the end of that prayer, that you need to come in agreement with what the word is saying. You need to come in agreement with what the Spirit of God is saying. There are times, and I'm, I'm speaking to somebody's mail right now, there are times that you're sitting in church and you want to agree. It's like fire shut up in your bones. You're like, I wonder what they're going to say, how they're going to look at me. Let me tell you something. You should not care how someone is going to look at you. Care how God responds to you. Care that you come in agreement with the Word of God over your life. And so today, anything that bears witness, I need you to talk back to me today. Amen. So here it is. We're going to focus on Acts chapter 2 today, and I'm talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church. Now, new people, some people, when you hear that, you're like, okay, it's about to get crazy in here. No, we're not going to do nothing weird, but God's Spirit is here. And so many people, when you start to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, everyone gets excited about signs, wonders, and miracles. They want their blessing, and they want their miracle. But how many of you know there's a prerequisite to being able to receive the signs, wonders, and miracles of the Lord, and that is unity? We talked about that last week. Last week when all of the campus pastors were at Norcross together, and and Pastor Johnson made this powerful statement. He says, before the church was a spirit-empowered people, they were a spirit-united people. And many times the challenge in the church is that we say, the Big C Church, the challenge is that we say we want the freedom and the liberty and the grace of God, but we judge people at a ground level. We're divided at a ground level. Some of us because of skin color. Some of us is because of background. Some of us is because of socioeconomic status. But God says, if you're going to have revival, what has to precede revival is reconciliation and unity. And so I believe we were greatly set up even last week to be able to take another step that God wants to breathe his fresh breath on us today. If you missed that message last week, please go back and watch it on YouTube because it's very powerful for the life of how we're walking as believers. But today, somebody say today. Today Today we're going to talk about what I believe is probably maybe the most transitioning scripture in the Bible. It's a scripture that I call the great divider, even in the body of Christ. And I want you to hear this. How you hear this passage of scripture that we're getting ready to read can actually dictate how you'll live and how you'll walk as a Christian in your life. And so let's turn to our Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. If you're following along, follow along using use the uh, version Bible app. All the notes and things are there. You can follow along on the screen as well. The Bible says in Acts 2, Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of what? Tongues of what? Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, the Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the words of the Lord in their own tongue. Just say everybody. <laughs> Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. When you read this, and as I take context uh, with this passage of Scripture, there are unique happenings uh, going on right here to the point where people chalked it up to the fact that they were just a little tipsy. But I read this and I think about the fact that God does stuff and shows up in certain ways at times that the person as a bystander would sometimes look at you as if something was wrong. When we read scriptures like this, too often I believe we put ourselves in the scriptures or we put ourselves in the context as one who, would be, who have been with this particular move. But think about this. Think about if you were one observing. Think about if you were one kind of looking at them. You'd be like, they're a little different. Something's going on with them. And so we have to look at this and see that a quick note of what was happening right here is that they were gathered around this day of Pentecost. And so when we think about the day of Pentecost, I want to give us a little context and a little history really quickly. Pentecost literally means 50. It means 50. It represents 50 days after the giving of the law to Moses at Mount Sinai, meaning the giving of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Leviticus Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so what we see right here is that this Old Testament celebration, it was called the Festival of Weeks. And this took place after the Passover. But what we see right here in Acts 2 is that we find the apostles and other followers of Jesus, they're celebrating this Feast of Weeks. This is 50 days right here in Acts 2, 50 days after the burial resurrection of Jesus and 10 days after his ascension. And so nowadays when we think about this and we think about Pentecost, we now refer to Pentecost as the celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but we look at this as the launching of the Christian church to the world. And so as we now understand that backdrop, I want you to remember what Jesus told the disciples before ascending. What did he say? In Acts chapter 1, we read this a few weeks ago, but in verse 4, he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but do what? Come on, do what? He said, wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. When I read this, I'm like, okay, there's something about when someone promises something to you. No one promises something to you that does not have value. 
And so right here, I told you, start to slow down and read the context clues of the Bible. When Jesus says, I want you to wait on something that's going to be good for you. He goes on, he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so here's a key pivot real quick. A key pivot is for us to understand that here Jesus introduces what is known as the second baptism. He introduces a second baptism into believers' life, watch this, that will separate them from just being a follower of Christ to now being empowered to walk out what Christ did on the earth. Let me say that again. He shifted them and introduced a new baptism, a second baptism, that now separated those who would just be followers of Christ and those who says, now I'm empowered to be and walk like Christ to change the world. And so the day of Pentecost was a fulfillment of a promise. Even back 500 years before this, Joel had a promise. The prophet Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. This is what he was talking about. So Jesus, after he ascended in Acts 1, remember, I said earlier, this is the great dividing scripture. Why? Because generally, most Christians are grouped within two categories. The first category is believers that are baptized in water. They believe in salvation, which is true, which is needed. We witnessed a powerful moment today with several people being baptized. What what they're saying is that, God, I submit my life to Jesus. I ask Jesus to come into my heart, change me. He's my Lord and my Savior. When I go down in the water, I'm representing that I went down one man, one woman, and I came back another. That as I went down under the water, I'm washing away the residue and the oldness of my life, and I'm coming up as a new being. And so that's needed, but there's a second group, and the second group of Christians are these. They're believers that are, yes, baptized in water with salvation, but they're also baptized in the Holy Spirit, experiencing power. And this is very important because I need to parenthetically insert this for a moment because too many times, and some of us have been privy to this, the church has been at odds because of things like this. The church has been at odds because what we often do in the Big C Church is that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we will boil down the potent, the great, the powerful power of God through the Holy Spirit down to simply speaking in tongues. And what happens so many times is people check out because they say, well, I don't speak in tongues. And some people have even said the doctrine, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. And so I want to set some people not only free today, but I want to set some people straight today. I want to empower you to understand that you are more than qualified in what God has as long as you have given your life to Jesus. And so I'm going to mess with some people's theology for a moment. But I want you to hear this. When we talk about speaking in tongues, listen to this. As a believer, you don't have to speak in tongues. You get to speak in tongues. And many times what has happened is that people have camped out around one aspect of the Holy Spirit and his his benefits, and you've relegated so many people away from the things of God because maybe you feel like you have the revelation. Let me tell you something. You're not special. You're only special if you see that it's for God, and in his eyes, it's the only thing that allows you to make it in this world. And so as we look at this, hear hear this. What we've done in the Big C Church for so many years is that we've said 
and made one aspect of the Holy Spirit the evidence of his being. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You grew up in churches or you heard things saying, speaking in tongues is the evidence that you're baptized in the fire of the Holy Spirit. No, I want to let you know that it is an aspect of you being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is one component of you being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I say it like this? Just because you can speak Mandarin does not make you Chinese. Hear it. What we do is that we say this one piece here and we try to build a whole camp around it. And again, so many Christians focus on one aspect of what happened in Acts 2 that they forget why the Holy Spirit was poured out in the first place. Why was he poured out? He was poured out to, for you and us and myself to be mighty witnesses to the kingdom of God. Can I get one witness in this room that believes that you weren't just called just to speak in tongues and be a booger bear? You weren't called to speak in tongues and then walk in sin. You were called to be a witness for God. And so as we look at this, know this, hear this. As a spirit-filled believer, the ability to speak in tongues is within you, just waiting to come out. And what happens is that sometimes there's a, an aspect of a barrier because of a yieldedness just in that area. So you might not be yielding right now, but it shall come to pass. Amen? And so as we look at this, I don't want anyone else I've talked to too many people. I don't want anyone to count yourself out or to clock out because you feel like you're disqualified because maybe you haven't walked in that aspect. And so here we see Jesus. He was referring to a promise that started with John the Baptist back right before he started his public ministry. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I love this. It really sets up what we're walking in today in a very strong way. John announced, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. Come on, and with what? Fire. And with what? Fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Somebody yell out fire. fire. Come on, say it with your chest. Yell out fire. Overflow, one more time. Yes, yell out, fire. Fire. See, this usage of fire is important. Because if you're like me, you see a lot of people using fire emojis saying, this place, that person, they're lit. They got it going on. You know, they're ready. You know, you need to be a part of this. But when you really look at the word fire, a lot of times we often think in a negative way. We think about anger. We think about rage. We think about trouble. We think about these things, but I want to let you know it also connotes passion. It connotes excitement. It connotes desire and intensity. These are good things that the Bible shows us that fire represents. And so what I believe that as John is speaking in this passage of Scripture, what he's saying is that, yes, repenting and salvation is absolutely critical. It is needed. Don't get it twisted. But he's saying, consider that that's not the entirety of the benefit package as a believer. He's saying, consider that you're living a little money on the table. He's saying, consider that Jesus, when you encounter him, has so much more for you than you're actually walking in. I want to say it like this. There is a fulfillment in the life of Jesus when you encounter him, when you are baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. 
To make it even more plain, what I'm simply saying here is that the fire is essential for you to walk in the fullness of God. Now, some of you might be like, okay, Brother Moman, Brother Pastor, you know, you're kind of doing a little too much. That's your opinion. No, some of you are thinking I'm extreme, but you, you remember COVID when, when things shut down? There were some people who could stay home. There were some people who didn't have to go to work, but there were some essential workers. There were some people that if they didn't show up, nobody would be able to live. Nobody would be able to thrive. Nobody would be able to be protected. I want to let you know that the Holy Spirit and the baptism of fire is essential. And what is it essential for? It's essential for us to be witnesses. Hear this. Write this down. Put it in your spirit. I'm going hard about this because the most important message to the unsaved is Jesus. But the most important message to the saved is the Holy Spirit. And we have too many people, and I'm tired of this as a pastor, as a preacher, and as a believer. I'm tired of people walking, saying that they are blood-bought believers, and they are struggling to live because they have left the power of God on the table. They've just been operating. They've just been existing. And God said, I never sent my son to die for you so that you can exist. I sent my son to die for you, to go away so that the comforter can come, so that you can walk in power. See, whether you want to clap about it or not, his power is in you. But the question is, have you tapped into him? And so as we look at this, hear this, just for a little bit more clarity, there's the person of the Holy Spirit which you receive, each and every person in here who received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, he indwells in you. As soon as you said yes to Jesus, as soon as you gave your life over to him, his Holy Spirit started to indwell in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But watch this. There is also the power of the Holy Spirit, which comes upon you for service. And so there's the indwelling, and then there's the empowering. And an example of this is Jesus even. He lived for 30 years on the earth. The Bible records that he did no great miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him. The last three years of his life were with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So watch this. You mean to tell me, you say you follow Jesus, you say you want to do what Jesus did, but Jesus, who is and was God walking the earth, even in those 30 years, he needed the Holy Spirit's empowerment to be who he is. But we will say as believers, oh, we don't need that part. And so we have to be a people who really take the full counsel of God and not get messed up by somebody's messed up theology. And so as we grab this, here's a statement. Too many people have viewed the Holy Spirit as optional when he's actually essential to how you are called to walk this life out. But my question is, do you really want to walk in the fullness of who he's called you to be? Do you really want to walk this thing out, or do you want to just exist? Now, I don't know about you. I've been loaded all week this week, and I believe that I've come into a room. I believe that I'm in an environment. I believe that there's people online right now that don't want to just go along to get along. I believe that by the testimonies that we've been seeing coming out of this house, that you want everything that God has for you. Can I get somebody to say amen to me of that, if you believe it? And so here's the thing. This is why we fast. This is why we pray. 
Many of us that went through the 21-day fast, what you realize, whether it was food, whether you were pushing away social media, whether you were relegating yourself to just focusing more on God, you were emptying out the things that made your flesh actually be uh, fulfilled, and you were saying, God, I want all of your spirit. And so it's important for us to do that because we have to ask ourselves this critical question. How much of my life am I actually willing to give God? Am I trying to hold a reserve tank portion because I want to turn up like I used to back on this side? Or am I really willing to go all in with God? Am I really willing to go head first, arms wide open, saying, God, I need you? And so here it is. I remember the reason, again, I'm going hard about this because I remember vividly when I was baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I remember vividly because everything about my life changed. It changed in an instant because things that I used to actually desire, I quickly started to despise. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was, it was like I was awakened, like the sleeping giant on the inside of me was awakened, that there was another me on the inside of me that was kind of going along to get along. But when the fire came, when the fire came and woke me up and said, Mo, there is more, I will tell everybody about it that will listen. And so here we need to ask ourselves this question. Do we really want it all or do we just want to exist? Here it is. I want to share three primary functions of this fire. And my prayer as I've been really just kind of going to the Lord for you in this moment is that you don't hear these as words, but you hear this as a revelation to catch. The first feature of the fire of the Holy Spirit, and let me give this disclaimer, each one of these could be a whole series So we're going to need you to stay with us throughout this book of Acts study because we're going to be hitting different things. But the first feature of the Holy Spirit's fire is purification. Purification. Now, I know some people say, well, holiness used to be an old school thing. No, holiness is still right. And the first thing that I noticed about my experience with the Holy Spirit is what happened inside of me. Not just how I changed outwardly, but what happened inside of me. Matthew chapter 3, let's revisit that again. Verse 11, the New King James Version says it like this. John the Baptist, he says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean. Say thoroughly clean. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff in unquenchable fire. Hear this. Water baptism washes you. But this baptism of fire purifies you. Can I say it like this? It's like the difference between a drive-through car wash and you getting a full detail. See, my wife and I, we have this this membership to a drive-through car wash, and it's good because it's convenient. It keeps you presentable. It allows me in a bind to just go get rinsed off real quick because I don't want to show up dirty. But what I notice many times is that when I get these car washes, while they may do this real quick wash on the outside, the wheels are shining, when I get in the car, they they left a little french fry over here. They, They left a little coffee residue over here. But there are times where she will say to me, yeah, I'm glad we have that membership, but my car needs a full detail. In that moment, what she's saying is it needs a little bit more attention. The things that may have been looked over because they were generally just kind of observing and they were kind of trying to get through the moment quickly, trying to give a little sprinkle. I need a real wash. 
See, when you get a real full detail, if you've never had one, they kind of go under the undercarriage in the dark places. Can I say this prophetically? God, through his spirits, he wants to get in the dark places. He wants to get in the places that many people don't see, but it's necessary for you to function in who he's called you to be. And so he's saying, I, through my spirit, want to purify you in full detail. And so as we look at this, we need to understand, I love how Matthew 3 says it in the message paraphrase. Watch this. He says, I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. The real action comes next. The main character in this drama, compared to him, I'm a mere stagehand. He will ignite the kingdom life within you, a fire within you, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you, listen, from the inside out. See, you can fake it on the outside for just so long. But after a while, what's in you comes out. He said he's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false he'll put out with the trash to be burned. Can I just say this right now? I believe, I'm sensing it right now. Too many of us have been living life with a limp. Too many of us have been operating in the same cycles over and over and over again with the residue of a past relationship, the residue of a past failing, the residue of a past sin, the residue of a past, a past abuse. And God is saying, I want to take every bit of trash that has actually impacted you. I want to take it out. I want to burn it. See, when you just take the trash out, that's one thing. He said, I want to burn it never to see it again. Can you do this for me? Just lift your hands right now. In the overflow, online, lift your hands right now. Because I believe that I'm in front of a people who say, God, I don't even want to recognize myself anymore. God, I pray right now that with our hands lifted, we say that we are here for you. We say, God, too long are the days when we've put up with being a former version of ourselves. Father, I thank you right now that enough is enough. I come in the spirit right now and place a cease and desist in the spirit for every cantankerous spirit that have tried to overtake you, for every witch and warlock that has a spell on you, for every curse that has been spoken over you, for every generational curse that we've accepted as something that has to keep going. I declare right now that no curse can actually for, for, uh, go over over God's blessing, but right now, in the name of Jesus, lift those hands right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you're making us new. You're purifying us. You're allowing us to move from darkness to light so that we cannot recognize the former version of ourselves, but there's a new us on the inside of us that is coming forth today. Somebody say amen and give God praise for that right now. Come on. Somebody say amen and give God praise for that. I'm not coming to play today. I'm tired of Christians calling themselves Christians, saying that I'm blood-bought, but you're operating in everything but the devil. He said, I want to baptize you in my fire so that you are purified from my use. Can I just say this? I haven't said this already today. Come on, lean in for me. This whole message is lean in. You are able to walk pure. That sounds like a simple statement, but I hear right now in the spirit, there was a hovering with some people saying, well, I just can't get over that thing. I keep circling this thing over and over and over again. God is saying, if you will let me baptize you, if you will let me fully in. Can I say this? Some of us have let God in just part ways. 
You've been saying that at least I'm not how I used to be. You've been saying to your friends, like, I know I don't come there anymore, but there's still this little thing over here that I still want to do. I'm here to let you know, if you will accept Jesus, you can walk out of here brand new today, leaving that old thing behind. I'm not trying to hype you. I'm trying to let you know, come into the reality of who God made you to be. I command hell to come out of your life. I command depression to come out of your life. I command those old habits and things and vices to come out of your life right now. The fire of God is upon you. If y'all didn't tell already, this is not a sermon. God is saying, if you will allow me, I can totally make you into another man, make you into another woman. Let me share with you. When I was baptized in fire, I told you there were things that I used to allow that I started to despise. I shifted, and in that moment where I used to be bound in pornography, now I was like, God, uh, I don't want anything to come between me and your grace. I don't want anything to come between me and my intimacy with you. There were times that, you know, I said this a couple of weeks ago, I didn't tell you what it was then, but when I was younger, I used to steal. Used to have sticky fingers, five-finger discount. Now, the statue of limitations is off. (laughs) But what I said when I came into the baptism of fire said, God, I don't want to do anything that disqualifies me from being who you've called me to be. I don't know who this is for right now, but some of y'all are not stealing objects. You've been stealing spouses. I'm just sensing this from the Lord. The Lord is giving you a prophetic warning right now to cut it off at the head right now. If you're a person that's involved in an affair, cut it off at the head right now. If you're someone that you're the other one, cut it off right now. The Bible says that when you hear my word, harden not your heart because God will not be mocked. Can we just put our hands together for Jesus right now? Again, this is so important because, again, I I like to share vulnerably with you because I'm not up here speaking from a theoretical place. I remember when I was a person that I would just lie. And I'm not talking about those extreme lies. Y'all know those, like, kind of saving face lies because you don't want to tell the person the truth because you're worried about what they're going to say. God can heal that, too. Because I found that when I was baptized in fire, I don't even care what you think about me. You ain't got to worry about me. And so as we look at this, here it is. This purification is caused because we say we want more of God more than we want that old thing. So my relationships change, my desires change, my appetite for sin change, and he can do the same thing for you. But I want you to hear this. This is a key thing. I didn't change because of my willpower. Yeah, I'm disciplining all those things, but too many of us, the reason why we've been hitting our head on on sin over and over again is because we feel like we can make a decision one day and stop. If you could have made a decision, you would have done it by now. It was the Holy Spirit. St. Augustine says this. He says, without the Spirit, we can neither love God nor keep his commandments. 
Because what we need to know is that God, through the fire of the Holy Spirit, he can actually shift things in a moment that you've been spending a lifetime trying to manage. And what we need to know is that God is not into sin management. He wants to set you totally free. He wants you to be free indeed to walk in the fullness of life that he's called you to walk in. And so for some of us, and again, I know we just prayed over this, but some of us are like, well, but I've been baptized once and uh, baptized in the fire once, but I'm still kind of going in these cycles. Let me say this. The baptism of the fire is not a one-time thing. You have to stay close to the fire. You have to engage the Holy Spirit. You have to continue to be one with him, continue to read your word, continue to worship. That's why anything you don't practice, you lose. But many of us, we say, oh, my old testimony says that that one time in church back then, I had this encounter. But what about your new testimony? And so as we look at this, we must stay engaged with the Holy Spirit. And here's something that the Lord just prompted me to just share with you today. Tonight, at thirst, there are going to be some people who are going to be fully delivered once and for all from going back in any bondage that they've had. Watch this. I believe that there are people who really say that I want to be consumed with the fire of God, that I'm only living for him to the point. Hear me. Some of this, some of this is for some of y'all in the room and watching online. Many people have symbols at home that represent that destructive lifestyle. Symbols at home that represent the sin that's had a stronghold on you. And I was been, I've been prompted by the Lord to tell you tonight, I want to see people bring symbols of strongholds to this altar that you won't be judged, but you will be set free. Symbols of that stronghold that you can walk away never to go back into it again. Watch this. Some of y'all need to bring the hookah pipe. Now, you met, you're meddling. Now, you're meddling, Pastor. You're controlled by vaping. Bring it. Bring the sage that you think is just a nice little scent in the house. Bring the crystals that you think is just a nice ornament. I'm going to curse them in the name of Jesus. Anything that's holding you back as a stronghold, I have enough faith, and I know the people that are coming tonight have enough faith that you can be set free in this place as you put it down on the altar. So we're going to have an encounter with God. Number two... A component, a feature of the fire of the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is illumination. What does that mean? You begin to see and hear things you never saw and heard from God before. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Say all people. That means you. He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Listen, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit gave the apostles, and it gives us the ability, listen, to see past what you're actually seeing. What am I talking about? Have you ever been in a conversation with someone, and they're talking to you, and they're going in. They're, they're really, like, excited about it. And everything on the inside of you is yelling, cap! Lies. You sit there nice. The Holy Spirit gives you a cap alert. The Holy Spirit allows you to start seeing where people are not being honest, to see beyond what they're actually seeing. See, many of us have gotten tripped up and deceived because we believe what somebody said at face value. 
And God says, I actually have given you the ability not to fall for those types. I actually have given you the ability to open your spiritual eyes so that I can give you the fullness of revelation of who you're called to be and who you're not called to be with. Here it is. As we look at this, the Spirit reveals and he illuminates. 1 Corinthians 2. You may have heard this scripture before, but hear it from a different tone. But as it is written, verse 9, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through what? Through his spirit. For what? The spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the what? The spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Again, the illumination of the spirit can keep you from being taken advantage of because you can see past face value. As I'm looking around in this auditorium right now, I see individuals who are filled with so much promise, but you've let the wrong people tamper with you. And God is saying that in this next season, you don't have time to be tampered with. In this next season, you don't have time to get engaged with the wrong people. I declare right now that there will be no more false starts in your life as you open yourself up to the things of God and to the baptism of the Spirit. Come on, guys. I need us to know that God loves you so much that he's already given us the opportunity to be pure, to be illuminated in the way that we should go. When you're doing this, even the way you read your word starts to change. Can I get about 13 witnesses in here that when you got baptized in the fire, you're, you started looking at the word of God differently. The stuff started jumping off the page. Like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. I didn't know I can learn how to treat my wife by reading that. Oh, I didn't know I can actually learn how to prosper by reading that. God says, you've been operating on the ground level of my word. And he said, I want to illuminate it. He said, I want you to level up right now. I need to give you the equipment that's actually equal to the assignment that I have for you illuminate us because the reality is most of us have been only operating at the first two levels of knowledge in the earth there's three levels number one there's the perceptual knowledge that's our five senses our eyes our ears our nose etc there's number two our conceptual knowledge that's our mind our reason and our intellect and so many of us depend so highly on that but then there's the game changer there's our spiritual knowledge which is the revelation by the Holy Spirit into the mind and the will of God. Listen, when you are tapped into the mind and the will of God, he bypasses your human reasoning and he actually speaks spirit to spirit. This is not a spooky thing. This is a protection thing. And what he's saying right here, we walk in this all, uh, oftentimes, my wife and I will be dealing with something and we will both be seeking the Lord for answers and we'll find ourselves riding in the car one day and some type of way it'll come up and we say, did God talk to you about that? Did the Holy Spirit give you insight on that? And we'll be like, yeah, about three days ago. I'm like, I wish you would have said something two days ago. I, could, I, I would have been better. But the reality is we invite the illumination of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we don't want to make a misstep. I don't know why I keep staying on this right now. But I just feel like time is too precious right now for you to waste it taking the wrong step. You may think it's just a little detour over here. But how many of you know by staying on his path, God's saying, I have your whole life trajectory to be shifted in this moment if you can stay on my path. And so as we look at this, we need to understand that with this illumination, 
We are no longer dictated by our flesh and our mind. We are now led by the Spirit of God. See, this shows up in preaching a lot of times. So I'm preaching often, and a lot of times I, I talk to many of you at the door, and I've heard this many times where somebody will say, well, well Pastor, let me find out you got cameras in my house. First of all, I'll be like, pause. <laughs> no, nah, I don't have no cameras in your house. I don't want to know you that well. I love you, but I don't want to know you that well. You got to be careful these days. But what it is, is Holy Spirit illuminating things because as he's giving me things to even study, what he's doing is I always pray, Lord, take the words that I speak. Don't let it be to the gravity of what I can communicate. Take every word that I have and you communicate to the heart of each individual how they need it to do. I'm not that good. I'm not good enough to speak to you spirit to spirit, but the Holy Spirit is. And so as we look at this, we need to understand what, John, what, what Jesus says in John 16, verse 12. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell us what is to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. The last and most critical one is that the fire of the Holy Spirit produces empowerment, empowerment. We've read the scripture many times, Acts 1, 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What we see when we look back in the Bible in Matthew chapter 3, going into chapter 4, Jesus, again, he was living 30 years before he walked in the empowerment because in that moment when he was baptized, that's when the Holy Spirit came and descended upon him, settled on him. He then went to the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil. But it says when he came out, he started to operate in the power of the spirit, healing and doing miracles. So if Jesus needed the empowerment of the spirit, we need the empowerment of the spirit. John 14, 12 says this, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works he will do because I will go to the father. See, that's a double entendre right there. He's saying there are things that I dealt with on the earth while I was living that are not going to be the same things that you deal with on the earth. There's going to be different strands that you're going to need to cast out. But he also was saying because there's greater because in this time when I was living, it was only I that could do it. Wave your hand at me real quick. Come on, everybody, overflow everywhere. Now he's saying you can do it too. He's saying you all have the opportunity now to step into this empowerment which is called the anointing. Say the anointing. Let me clarify something. The anointing is more than a quiver. The anointing is God's enablement on you to do things in the natural that you would have never have been able to do because of the Spirit's empowerment. And so he's saying, I've anointed you now to give you a spiritual enablement to move forward and walk in boldness. In Acts 4, the apostles, after they ran away from God, after they ran away from Jesus and they were afraid, they then knew that they showed up and said, hold on, we can't operate like this. We need boldness. They prayed to God for boldness. One of the components of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to make you another man, to make you into another woman so that you can walk in the things of God. And so I said this earlier, it's not a one-time experience, but God has himself through this baptism available to you. I want to read this last quote. It's powerful, and we need to hear it in our spirit. Billy Graham said this. He said, I am convinced that to be filled with the Spirit is not an option, but a necessity. 
it is indispensable for the abundant life and for fruitful service. The spirit-filled life is not abnormal. It is the normal Christian life. Anything less is subnormal. It is less than what God wants and provides for his children. Therefore, be filled with the spirit should never be a thought as an unusual or unique experience for or known by only a select few. It is intended for all, needed by all, and available to all. That is why the scripture commands all of us, be filled with the Spirit. Here's my question, or a thought first. I've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit and his power in my life many times, but what I also realized is that the world we live in will often try to quench your fire, will often try to say you're doing too much, will often try to say it doesn't take all that. But I want us to know we need to be people who stand up strong because here's the question, what would it look like if a church full of believers embraced the baptism of fire? If everybody in this church said, I want all of what God has for us and I'm gonna walk in it, I believe we could change the world. Not just as a cliche, but as a truth. And so I want you to stand on your feet right now. Because I want to pray for some people in the room. And tonight, we're going to go after this hard. We're going to go after really people really being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So please, if you can make it here, come tonight, but come early. Come tonight, be here. Come ready and on fire. We believe a move of God is going to happen tonight. Can I get a witness in the room right now? We believe a move of God is happening. Those who are watching online, you couldn't make it this morning, be here tonight. Bow your heads and lift your hands. For those in the room right now who say, all of these things sound good, but I'm going to, I need to actually give my life to Jesus, I want to lead you in this prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for my sins. Today I repent, which means I turn away from my way of doing things and I turn towards your way. Right now I confess that you're my Lord and my Savior, and I will live for you as a child of God. Amen. Keep those hands lifted. Father, I thank you right now that as we've received this message today, that it wasn't a sermon, but it was a way of life. That, God, we need the illumination. We need the purification. We need the empowerment of your spirit, God, to live. And so I pray that even now, God, we will have an experience with you And even for those tonight who are hungry and thirsty, God, let them come with an expectation so that their life is never the same again. And even as our prayer leaders come down, God, I thank you that we are those who are ready to receive all you have for us, and we will walk it out in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what God is doing. And I believe that many of us just received an impartation, but it's just getting started. God wants to do something special and unique in your life. And so again, I want to invite you to come tonight. If you need someone to pray with you when we dismiss in a moment, go ahead and come down and see one of our prayer leaders. They can pray with you. They can declare God's word over you. But we want to ultimately embody this. As we get ready to leave today, I want to let everybody know that on your way out, there's a special gift for every woman in the house. There's a magazine out there that happens to have my lovely bride's beautiful face on it. And we want you to grab one of those. It's the Thrive Today magazine because we want everybody in the house, especially our women, to thrive in the things of God. Amen? Listen, let me just bless you real quick. Father, I thank you. 
You are holy and sovereign. We thank you for your word, but we thank you more so that you're stirring us up to be great witnesses in the earth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Listen, those who are in the room right here, just hold for one second. Do we need to have people in the lobby? We have people in the lobby, so let them clear out for a moment, and then we will open the doors in one moment. We will see you tonight. God bless you. Love you.